Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, Cycle, Line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. It's a big Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Full disclosure as we get into Ground Control episode two, I think we've outdone ourselves. We go into season number two next year. It's going to be hard to follow up what we've done here. Uh, by the way, it's Jamie Thomas, Tyler Esquivel, and Mitchell Clinton. First off, our first guest was Paul Bissonnette. Our second guest for the ep- second episode is Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet. And also, we're coming to you from Finland. So I don't know how we're going to top this in season number two. That's we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Talk about setting the bar high. Yeah, I mean, hello, toot toot, our own horn there, Jamie Thomas. <laughs> I don't. Know. We, we're going to need a bigger budget next year. So I'm talk to Rob Wozniak about that, but that's another argument for another time. It, it is the global series. Uh, the Jets are going to be taking on the Florida Panthers for a couple of games later this week. A lot to get through. In the next 10 minutes or so before we bring in Elliot Friedman. But Mitch, just getting here, you guys have been here already this summer. Did you have some flashbacks when we got off the airplane yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> just a few. So yeah, when we came in the, uh, when we came in the summer, um, we rented a car and, and all that. And you really don't think too much about it. But And I don't know if this is just me being the naive traveler or something, but that, w- that would have been the first time that I was in Europe. And uh, so we get in the car, I, I start the car and I'm literally about to peel out of the parking spot and I go, wait a minute, what side of the road am I driving on? Like just, <laughs> it's one of those things that you're like, you. I'm pretty sure it's the same side, but you don't want to make that mistake pulling out of the airport. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but obviously, um, the week was, was awesome in the, in the summer, but yeah, the, the weird part about it is you're, you're driving around and you're not sure how to read a lot of the parking signs or anything like that so thankfully we got out of there uh in the summer without any tickets or anything like that so that was good but yeah when we get when we got on the bus uh after arriving in helsinki uh it was a little bit of flashbacks when i started seeing those traffic signs again and we're getting winnipeg weather in finland here early like we haven't seen any snow yet there's snow falling outside of our hotel window right now and tyler when this was announced last year it was almost assumed like there'd be four fins Coming right. well, yeah. with the Jets, right? So Joel Armia was still with the Jets at the time, Patrick Line, and then you're automatically thinking, okay, Sammy Niku and Christian Veselainen. Mm-hmm. There is one member of Finland here with the Winnipeg Jets, clearly the biggest name uh, of those four. Yep. Um, just when you guys shot that feature with Christian Veselainen in the summer, it almost seemed like it was going to be an automatic situation. Your thoughts on the decision by the Jets to send Christian Visalign to the Manitoba Moose, the American Hockey League. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, he started the season with the Winnipeg Jets, and, yep. you know, they sent him down, as we all know, to the Manitoba Moose, and he's playing right there. I think he's got a, a couple of points uh, so far. It's been great. Um, but I, I think the Winnipeg Jets have just set the precedent for themselves that it's draft and develop, and, you know, mm-hmm. they do what's right for the players. And I think in the long run, um, you know, well, jumping back, I mean, obviously, you'd love to see Christian Veselin in here. He's from Helsinki. That would be a great little added bonus to Patrick Laine as well. But I think, you know, him going down to the Manitoba Moose to develop and become a better player of the North American style of game is ultimately what's best for the organization. Yes. And I think in a couple of years, hopefully, mm-hmm. that decision will pay off and, you know, things will things will be clipping along at a good rate. So yeah, well said. And ultimately, I mean, this this really stood out to me when because uh, they had a media availability right when we arrived, 
with just the amount of uh, international kind of experience that that um, like Paul Murray's obviously coached in the KHL, but he's he's been overseas uh, for a game as well. And then uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff is with the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. game in 2009. Right. Where the Winnipeg Jets are here in 2018. So. You like to think, and then the Florida Panthers have been in Finland seemingly three, four times as an yeah, organization. Yeah. So uh, for, for Christian Veselainen, you hope that uh, the opportunity definitely presents itself um, maybe another time, sometime in the future, and uh, while he's uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and you get to come and play in his hometown again. Because it was interesting to me yesterday, uh, which would have been Sunday, getting my travel days all mixed up now. Oh, man. Um, just hearing what it kind of meant to Patrick Laine that when he was a young kid, he came and saw one of these games here. saw his hometown team play Florida. And now look, this is exactly where he is. Is it almost perfect in a way that it is just Patrick Laine in some, I mean, clearly you would, you know, Niku and Veselainen would love to be here, but I, it almost seems to me like the perfect setup for Patrick Laine yeah. because he is Finland's biggest star, arguably at this moment. And I think a lot of people will be here, uh, for these next two games to see him and, and, and the Winnipeg Jets. But he, he seemed, you know, the first answer he gave with the English media was he's tired. Yeah. It, it's, it's a long journey uh, from, from Toronto. And after the, you know, the way the Jets played the last five minutes of that hockey game against the Maple Leafs, I can see why you'd be a little bit more tired. But it's almost his show. And that's, that almost is perfect, wouldn't you say, Mitch? Yeah. I mean, he would, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that uh, he talked about he's going to have a pretty busy schedule this week. But... Uh, I thought it was good on him that he, that, you know, he fully said, he's like, my mom is handling a lot of this stuff, (laughs) which is pretty similar to uh, how I was living my life at that age. And, uh, what you weren't independent (laughs) playing in the NHL at that age. And, uh, but yeah, then he also kind of said, but at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're, we're here for two regular season games and four valuable points on the line here. Tyler, you know, a lot has been made of Patrick Laine's start, three goals in October. He only had four last year and six his uh, rookie season in the month of October. He started on the fourth line in the mm-hmm. game in Toronto, ended up with Lowry and, and Tanev, and I see, almost seemed like he found some chemistry and some comfort there. Yeah. What are you seeing and what did you see from him on Saturday that gives you maybe a little bit of indication that, that, that the light is coming on and we're going to see some goals coming soon? Yeah, it's interesting that you note the chemistry between him and the Adam Lowry-Brandon Tanev combination because that's sort of been the, the basically mainstay in our lineup um, throughout the first part of the season is that cop Lowry Tanev line and Patrick gets inserted into that line. And like you said, he, he looked like he was showing some good signs and, you know, I think it also speaks to the depth of the organization. When you have a guy like Matty Perot that you can plug and play into the lineup when somebody else isn't you yeah. know going at the rate that they would like to go at, you know, being able to plug Pat, Patrick line in those other spots and him to maybe have a bit of success, but it'll be interesting to see, how he performs in these games. I'm, I'm really curious. You yeah. know, this is a, like we just talked about, this is a big week for him off of the ice. Now, Mitch made a good point to me the other day. You know, I'm uh, while we are curious to see how he's going to play this weekend here in Finland, how is he going to perform after this? Just maybe this, you know, you can take a bit of an exhale. You can kind of relax. You're like, okay, 
now that that's over with, now it's time to play hockey and not have to worry about all these other things. I know his mom is doing an amazing job of taking care of the the other things. The distractions but have to be the, there, distra- though. Exactly. Yeah. Distractions are there no matter what. It's going out and, you know, saying hi to, you know, fans, you know, here or family, friends, all that. Like, that's, that's a lot. I know it's all relative, um, mm-hmm. the, whether you're in the NHL or, you know, doing something else. I mean... Distractions are distractions, no matter what. Paul said it best. Maurice, I, I like to. I asked him if there was some value. What is the value of Patrick Line and the Jets coming here for a couple of games? And he said there is lots of value to it. Is you know you're coming, you're bringing your your team over, you're showing off, uh, yeah. you're bringing your friends to your playground, and you're in the NHL and you're 20 years old, so you get to show off to everybody. So uh, I found a lot of uh, humor in that answer, but also it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it would be hard to be in his position and you know you're <laughs> i thought his answer about being a tour guide was hilarious because <laughs> yeah he's he's from tampa which is you know about a couple hours from from helsinki but he he doesn't really know helsinki very well uh, when, so, it, when he said that i didn't believe him but i got yeah just, yeah but yeah. yeah he pretty much just said oh, all the players have google <laughs> so but um yeah like anytime you kind of bring and i think a lot of people can relate to this you bring anybody to kind of your your hometown or your home country that maybe hasn't been there before it's you like you like to kind of show off and show what it's all about yeah for sure jets are back to practice on tuesday after an off day in helsinki today uh we have another special guest here on ground control uh it is elliot friedman probably the master of the podcast would we say at this point he was very humble about it uh that's coming up next to ask him about his favorite halloween story it's great because we all know there's kind of that rule i don't know about you guys growing up in manitoba you don't go trick-or-treating after 13 i thought yeah, uh, he, he broke that by no, a lot. Yeah. I never went. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get the. He's got a great story about the reaction from um, a certain lady when him and his buddies went trick or treating. They were get here's the treat or guess the sneak peek is he was older, much older than 13 years old when <laughs> him and his buddies went trick or treating. Also got a good chance to ask because NBC was in winnipeg for that wednesday night hockey game between the, the jets and toronto and it's been quite some time since there's been an all canadian mm-hmm. matchup but elliot had a very good answer about that so uh, enjoy the interview with elliot freeman and we'll be back after that shop where the players shop jets gear and truenorthshop.com are your authentic team stores make sure to stock up on all your favorite winnipeg jets and manitoba moose merchandise today visit one of the five jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com this is Patrick Leine, and you're listening to Ground Control. Pleased to welcome as the second ever guest on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman, the master of the podcast. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who was first? Who was the first guest? Well, do I really need to bring this up? Yes. Paul, I got, I kind of name dropping here, but it's Paul Bissonnette. Oh, he's garbage. I can't believe he was the first guy. He, he was an incredible disappointment. I think uh, <laughs> the, the, the feedback we got was disappointing, to say the least. I thought we'd get the guy to start things off, but uh, he didn't really deliver. But uh, in, I will try note, to beat that. Yeah. Okay. It is, it is a tough thing to do. We're, we're, we're closing in on Halloween before I start talking about hockey with you, Elliot. And you said your son wants to be a vampire. Yeah. Do you, do you remember your costumes or who you really like to be at this time? I, your I, favorite costume, I, I guess. I have one Halloween story I always like to tell. And, and people do get a, a kick out of this one. So, you know, I, I was a kid. I would go trick-or-treating. And then when we were in grade 13, and at that time there was a grade 13 yeah. in Ontario. It's gone now. 
So uh, five or six of us who were buddies, uh, we took a half a year. Mm-hmm. So we studied for half a year just to take a couple of joke courses so our grades would be higher. And then the next second half of the year, we spent the year working. Mm-hmm. But we're like, what the heck? This is our last year of high school, and we are going to go out trick-or-treating. So we tied a bunch of branches to ourselves, and we went as a forest. Okay. <laughs> and I remember just the looks on people's faces as we knocked on their doors. Like some people, they just started laughing right they were like one guy said did you tell your wives you guys were out bowling yeah and you know but some people really got offended like because you're past that threshold of of being able to trick-or-treat there were people who refused to give us candy that i remember one woman said to us do you not think it's wrong to to give to take candy away from kids and we're like no and besides it's later like we're not uh, most of the kids have gone already yeah and she goes well i think it's wrong and she slammed the door on our faces <laughs> and we're like seriously yeah right now i will say i want everyone on this podcast to know no acts of vandalism were committed on anybody who did anything like that right but that is the halloween that i remember <laughs> the most what about you oh so many i mean you remember app getting apples yeah, that sucked. Every once in a while. That was so terrible. There, that rumor that was out there that there was razor blades inside oh, the apples. Yeah, yeah. So as, as soon as you got the apple, it was going through a fence somewhere. <laughs> you get the apple, you find the fence, you put it through it. Uh, I just remember always having to wear a coat. Yeah, well, that's right. Seinfeld talked about in the stand-up. Yes. But you have your costume on, you're all excited about it, but your mom would make you wear a coat. That mm-hmm. was us. But the, the one costume I do remember is when I wanted to be the Hulk. Mm-hmm. My mom took her pantyhose, cut the legs off, and I had to, like... She put paper inside. I had the. It was the crappiest costume I've ever. Sorry, mom, but she Actually, took paper t- and, and she put the muscles. muscles in there. Yeah, that was for the muscles. I gotta say that's yeah. pretty enterprising on yeah. your mom's part. I can't argue with that. It was a cheap costume. It's mm-hmm. not what we're doing nowadays with the forty to fifty dollar costumes for our kids. Well, you're you're how old are you, Jamie? I'm forty seven. So I'm forty eight. Like yeah. back in the day, that's what we did, right? We mm-hmm. didn't have the costumes they have now with the with the full muscles and stuff, which mm-hmm. look great. We didn't have that. I'm jealous yeah. of my kids all the time. <laughs> they I'm like, I want to wear their costumes. Half I have the time. no idea. Like my wife texted me while I was in the Jets' room today, and she goes, "You're not going to believe this." And I go, "What?" And she says, "Max, our son, who's seven, he said this morning he wants to be a vampire. Like he has never given us any indication right. of this. So I have no idea." You know, the good thing about next week is that our regular Wednesday night hockey game has been moved, so I can go trick-or-treating, but I have no idea how we're going to accomplish this. Is this the first time you've been able to go trick-or-treating No, I've done son? it a couple of times. It's yeah. a big deal for me. Uh, you know, as you know in this business, and to anyone listening, I'm not complaining. We know the trade-off going in. Yeah. You know, we know that during the season we miss a lot of things, and uh, I really try. Like the, the better thing for me with my Rogers schedule is I don't travel as much. Mm-hmm. So I do get the opportunity to do some stuff with my son a bit more. So I do try to make a trick-or-treating. I've gone a couple of times. He'll go for 15 minutes, and then he hates it. And yeah, then that's the end they of get that. cold. Well, no, he just uh, I just think he wants to go back to his iPad or whatever. Right. You get, they yeah. get bored, too. It is pretty boring going door-to-door. <laughs> and then nowadays, the candy... The turnout of candy. You're getting full candy bars now. I did not get full candy bars. Well, they sell, like, those packs of, like, 140, oh, yeah. right? And, yeah. and then you give the kids 70, and then the parents eat the other 70. That's right. And my kids never eat, probably <laughs> they eat a quarter of the candy, because nowadays we're more conscious. No, no, I don't want you hyper. Let's just put this. <laughs> no, the candy's all gone. I don't know what happened to it, and some of it was bad. But uh, the reason I do have you here is to talk about hockey. And I was going to talk about Halloween for a few more minutes. <laughs> you can talk about Halloween forever. You can talk about Halloween more than you can talk about Christmas half the time with the stories. Let's go to 31 Thoughts. Do you remember the first time you were asked to write it, or what was what got you into 
writing that blog? I don't remember the first blog, but I remember the genesis of it. Um, we had a producer. I was working at Hockey Night in Canada at the time. We had a producer named Doug Walton, and I was working on the sidelines. And he said, Elliot, you you know, you know, come up with some stuff, and it's good, and we can't always get it on the air, which is fine. Like I understand as the, as the sideline reporter, you're not necessarily the biggest priority, and your airtime is dictated by... Um, what happens in the game. Like sometimes you'll have stories and then things happen in the game and they can't get you on. That's mm-hmm. fine. You understand that. And he said, why don't you should write like a blog or something or a column with all this information you get that you, you can't put on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know what? I, I like to write. Like my Originally, I was a writer before I was a broadcaster and I always like writing. I like, I like writing the most. And, um, you know, I just said, you know what? That's not a bad idea. And I was like, what can I do that's different? What can I make it interesting? And uh, there were 30 teams at the time. Yes. I'm a big fan of alliteration. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I called it uh, 30 Thoughts. So, you know, there were there's some weeks I curse coming up with that idea when you're at like 23 and you're thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to get the next seven? But uh, that's kind of how the genesis of it went. Do you, speaking of when you're a sideline reporter, do you, did you ever have something that was so good that you didn't get to go to air with? that you can come up with right now, like where you're just like, oh, I wanted to do that so badly. I have this side, sidebar story that you couldn't go to air with because power plays, commercial time. Not I, That's a good question. Yeah. I can't remember one off the top of my head but I, because I had the blog, so I always knew it was going to get out right. some way. Um, there were times I wanted to go with things, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't go with them. Mm-hmm. I, the one thing I do remember, Jamie, is there was only one game where I ever got never got on air. Mm-hmm. And it, that's rare. It was rare, but I, I got the in-between period intermission interviews, but I didn't get on the air during the game. And, and, and the producer came to me, a guy named Shirelli Najak, who's a great producer. He came to me after the game and he apologized. He said, you know, I didn't get you on tonight. And it was like, I remember that game, Jamie, like there was no time to get me on. It was an event filled game. Stuff was constantly happening. I said to him, like, you know, there would be times I would be furious for that. Like, how dare you not yeah. put me on the I've air? I worked hard on getting but this I, stuff. But this I said, you know, I can't blame you for that tonight. Like, there was, like, that was a wild game. And it, it got, I remember, like, it got to the point where we talked about it later. He says, I was going to put you on, but something that needed to get on wouldn't have gotten on. I said, no, I, I get that. Like, unless, unless you've got, like, a big breaking story, there are going to be nights where they say to you, and, and even in the studio, it's the, it's the same way, Jamie. Like, we've had nights where... Uh, you know, I've been with Berkey or Kelly or Nick, and they're really passionate about something, and, and they get a lot of airtime, and, and you don't. And, like, as you know, there are guys in our business who count airtime. They're like, well, if he gets 30 seconds, I should get 30 seconds. I recognize there are nights where if someone's hot on something or someone's mm-hmm. got information on something, that's their night. It's like, you know, when you play with a great line mate, and you're like, yeah, this is his night. I'm just going to give him the puck. Yeah. That's the way it goes sometimes. I remember when I got hired at Sportsnet, Doug McClellan, was giving me the hardest time because there was a press release. Oh, look at the big kid coming in from Calgary. Look at uh, Jamie Thomas. Oh, he just wrote me about that for hours. So I got like, news for you. Yeah. Nothing has changed. No. Doug is still <laughs> I, the same I get way. the sense McLean t- counts as airtime. He, he, no, he, no, he'll come to me. Oh, I, I couldn't get through 31 essays today. So boring. <laughs> That's what he does. He's pretty high like working with Doug. Yes. He's a really funny guy. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, the Leafs and, and Jets. And by the time... This goes to air on Monday. The Leafs and Jets will play twice. Yep. It's an event. Really, it just the well, way... Well, why are we here? Because yeah. it's an event. And, you know, like, I, I people ask me, like, what, what's one thing that you've never covered that you would like to cover? 
And, you know, honestly, Jamie, the answer is I want to cover a Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never done that. You know, everybody in Canada knows the the last team that went in this country to win the Cup was Montreal in 93, and that was my last year of university. I was just coming out into the real world. It's the one thing I would like to do. I hope before I'm fired at Hockey Night in Canada, <laughs> I get a chance to see a, a, a Canadian team win the cup and yeah. cover it. And I don't care who it is. Like people say, okay, there's a, you're from Toronto. You must want to see the Leafs win. I said, I don't care who it is. I want to see a Canadian team win. And this year, I think there's two. I, I think Winnipeg and Toronto both legitimately can say, can look in the mirror and say, we can win the Stanley cup this year. And I would love to see like a Winnipeg, Toronto Stanley cup final. Like to everybody listening to that podcast, like yeah. this podcast, how awesome would that be? Like, how awesome would a Winnipeg-Toronto Stanley Cup final be this year? I think every day would be, I just mentioned the word event, but it would be truly an event every day. Whatever city, just the way, just this city last year, outside of Bell MTS Place, for every home game was yeah. phenomenal. It was, it was just, bananas. Yeah. And it would be like that. It would be, it would be insane. Like, I remember, or never mind, I remember, so... Yesterday, which we're taping this on Wednesday, so yesterday was yep. Tuesday. So I flew in, uh, I landed at uh, 9.15, and I get off the plane, I'm walking through the airport, and some guy who clearly works at the airport looks at me and goes, you're just here because the Leafs mm-hmm. are here. And I, just, and I laughed, and he laughed. It was, a, it was a funny conversation. Like, it would be, you know, I want to see a Canadian team win the Cup, mm-hmm. and if you told me, that in six months' time, seven months' time, whatever it is, my, I was told there was no math when I went into reporting, that Toronto and Winnipeg were going to face off for the Stanley Cup, who, who wouldn't take that? You can't. It's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. It, would be, it would be beyond description how crazy it would be. Um, your thoughts on Winnipeg, let, let's wipe aside the Stanley, Cup, run, the Stanley yeah. Cup playoff run they had last year, which was fantastic. Just how is the country looking at Winnipeg right now and, and, and from a national perspective? Aside from Scott Oak, everybody loves Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you guys are good. Like, this is a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, you they're know, fun I, to watch. They're fun to watch. They're, they're entertaining. They're really skilled. They're, it's a good team. And, you know, I, I think, like, there are some teams, and as a reporter and, and the job I do, there are some teams where the business overshadows the team. And there's some team where the, the, the play overshadows the business. Mm-hmm. And right now, look, you guys have some business you're going to have to deal with. Jacob Troub is a year away from unrestricted free agency. Uh, Tyler Myers is a UFA at the end of this year. Line is RFA deal. And, li- and line, and, and, you know, we all know that's going to be a big deal. But, sorry, his interlevel contract. Yeah, I, we knew what you meant. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that right now in Winnipeg, it's like, okay – we're not going to worry about any of that. We're going to try to win first and we'll deal with all that stuff after. And when you have a team that's like that, you know that it's all business Mm -hmm. this year. It's all, all business in a good way. It's all about winning on the ice and we'll deal with all the other stuff later. Toronto can't is trying to be the same way. Yeah. They can't avoid it where we are and everybody's there and the Leafs are the most picked upon team in the national hockey league in terms of, who's trying to get information, um, they can't avoid it. But in Winnipeg this year, Jamie, it's all about we're not doing anything that's going to take away from our chance to win. And that's when you know you're serious. 
Talking to management across the league, how do they view how Kevin Shoveldayoff has handled contracts and how he's built this team and how he's kept this group together, the core group together? Well, I think people respect his patience. I think it's very difficult to be patient, especially in a Canadian market. Mm -hmm. You know, every day you've got people telling you, you you know, do something, do something, don't do this, don't do that. This sucks. This isn't, doesn't suck. You should do this. You should do that. Like he's shown a lot of patience in um, in a market where it's easy to be impatient, and I think that also reflects very well on the ownership because you know, uh, and and I know people who've sat underneath Mark Chipman in the press box, and he's a vocal guy, he's very passionate, one hundred percent. And but when you allow your team, like to me, like the, like one of the toughest things is owners, mm-hmm. um, because a, a, like a good owner versus a bad owner, it really does set the tone for an organization. You know, every GM will tell you, I have a boss, and that boss writes the checks, and if he tells me to do something, even I got two choices, either I got three choices, either I can disagree with it and win for a while and hope I can continue to win, I can say no and quit, or I can get fired. And you have uh, an owner here who has said, all right, we're going to be patient, and that's not always easy. So I think, I think, what, honestly, I think what most other GMs would look like at, at Kevin Shoveldayoff is they would say, "I wish that my owner was like him," because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot. I, I think, you know, I think in Toronto right now they've got a situation where they really try to let Brandon Shanahan and Kyle Dubas do what they want to do, but I don't think that there's a lot of situations like that in sports anymore. How big is it that NBC has decided to show an all-Canadian matchup nationally? No, I, I think it's great because you want to showcase the best players, right? Or are we right? overselling it? Like no, you know, but you know, I, I got to tell you, like, Jamie, I have never liked the Canadian way of, oh, if it's big in the U.S., like, it, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Like, we're, you know, we like, made it. Like, you know, like, and, and this is not to take a shot at Americans or anything like that. I just don't like the whole inferiority complex right. thing. Um, first of all, I think it's good because it showcases great players. Um, you know, Winnipeg has some really good American players on the team. You know, Wheeler, Bufflin, you know, Jack Roslovic, who you hope is the next wave yeah. of guys, Connor Hellebuck. You're sitting there. Th- those guys should be shown in the States. And for the growth of hockey, they should see Austin Matthews five or six times a year, right. the next superstar American player. Um, but... I think that we should be happy because it's a good game getting shown and it's showing our star players. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should be sitting there saying, oh, great, it's Canadian acceptance. I, I've always hated that attitude and I don't okay. like it. Um, Jets are going to play in Finland next week. Yeah. Is there any sunlight out there at this time of year? <laughs> uh, Patrick Lane has already said the weather's not going to be good. Are, are you guys going to be in the dark the whole time? <laughs> We've got some nice track suits to wear over there. <laughs> what do you think of the growth of the game and the NHL doing this? And I, you know, clearly you're in a good situation with Patrick Lane playing in his home country. Um, Alexander Barkov. Yeah. I mean, this is. Do you like? This? I do. I mean, yeah. I know. Like, I'll tell you the one thing. I know there's a big fight coming. The Flames felt that the China trip really screwed them up at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And the commissioner said he wants to play regular season games in China. Like, There's going to be teams fighting not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like hard knocks teams don't, don't want that distraction. Well, it's, it's just a, it's the travel, man. It does whip you Like yeah. if you've ever done that before. I, I like it. I, I think you should be doing whatever you can to grow the game. I mean, as, as American participation has grown, which is fine. i got no problem with that. You know, European participation is, is decreased in some ways. I think somebody told me there's four Slovakian players in the NHL this year. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not good. So I support it, but I really do believe, Jamie, that the biggest hurdle we're going to now is um, the next generation of players has finally said we're not going to be stifled anymore. Mm-hmm. Like what sells sports now? It's it's personality. Right. And, and you put that in your blog about Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane, and, and, and but that, even like Line A, like taking yeah. a shot at the Canucks for for the for the Fortnite, Fortnite thing, hundred like, percent. I'm sure the Canucks players don't like that, but good. Like now, you know what? Like, I, like, like one thing I really like about Line A is he's got uh, like I always admired Ovechkin when he first came over because he's Russian, so English is not his first language, and he threw himself into everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll do interviews, I won't be scared. I really admired that about Ovechkin. I, I see similar in Line in the sense that, obviously, English is not his first language. It, he would have every excuse in the world not to be comfortable with it, but he's sharp. He's yeah. he's showing his personality, and I think that's what they need. You know, they... The NBA is a, is a hugely growing sport, and it's because it's a league of personality. Mm-hmm. And I I want to see guys like like I think Blake Wheeler is really interesting guy. I think Line a is a really interesting guy. The more I talk to Hellebuck, I think that he's a really interesting guy. Very interesting like Shifley has started to talk about some of the things he believes in. I, I want this next. That's how the game is going to grow, mm-hmm. and I and I want these guys to keep going that way. Ultimate pro, last one for you. Is there a lockout coming? Boy, a team podcast, we're going to love this question. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was asked about this yesterday on primetime on our radio show. Mm-hmm. I am an optimist by nature. Yeah. You know, I, I don't believe you can live life any other way. I would like to think that they're going to sort this out. And I do believe they're going to start talking about this pretty soon. Yeah. Because they want to do a World Cup of hockey and they want to bring Seattle in. And both those things are going to be threatened, at least in the short term, by lockouts. Mm -hmm. The one thing, you know, one player told me this, Jamie. He said, every time in the past there could be a lockout or a work stoppage, there's always been one. So as a player, you have to assume there will be until proven otherwise. Mm. I think, so I guess my answer is I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic. I hope not, but, you know, you have to look at the history. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Elliot. No worries, Jimmy. I'm happy to do it. 50-50 tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca slash 5050 in support of the True North Youth Foundation. All right, Elliot Friedman and his buddies with the Bush costume is pretty much up there. You heard the story about my mom's <laughs> pantyhose on my arms with uh, rolled up paper for muscles, which is as uh, homemade as it gets. Tyler, do you have any? You're far younger than I am, so I'm sure you have much less humiliating costume stories to tell than that, but please go ahead. Uh, well, growing up, my, my aunt was the, the seamstress in the family, if you will. So yeah. she, she sewed all of my costumes. I was like a tiger when I was really little, a cat in the hat. I think I was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle once, but mm-hmm. in my adulthood, I always go for the play on words. My girlfriend and I were old farts last year, mm-hmm. um, so we like... You know, made our hair all gray, made ourselves look really old, and then put on like brown t-shirts with like uh, this. Uh, I think it's called tool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll be really impressed that I remembered that. <laughs> um, and like sprinkled the tool. It was like green boyfriend tool. points. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we were old farts last year. That was a hit. Mitch. You, you, 
it's the you know what uh, you mentioned that uh, that your girlfriend was kind of the one that, that came up with it my my wife is is very similar I, considering what i do for a living she's actually far more creative than i am um <laughs> i don't have so, creation either that's why we're in this <laughs> but she so one of the things that she likes to do is kind of like uh like a group costume type thing mm-hmm. um so i remember back when we were dating one of the ones that stands out to me is she was like one of those like uh shower like loofahs like you know one of those things you mm-hmm. put soap on and stuff and uh i was a bar of soap so it worked Nicely out really done. well that's that's one of those ones that kind of stands out to me uh we were succulents last year so i was a little cactus about as little as a six foot four guy can be yeah um oh, and gosh, then i'm trying to remember there was one more that i was thinking about but it, it's escaping me at this point but uh yeah so usually her and i try to coordinate something uh something together like a play on words similar to what Tyler was talking about. Young Thanks. Moss, do you use some hand signals? What's your costume of choice when you were a kid? Just give me hand signals. Yeah, I'll grab the microphone here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that totally gets yeah. everything you, I just asked you to do. We worked on this sign language <laughs> thing before, Moss. Let's go. You were uh, you were talking about how there's no homemade costumes anymore. Yeah. Well, I there was one that I did one year where... Um, are you familiar with... There was a big hit around 2010 called Party Rock Anthem. Yeah. There was the Not guy with the uh, the golden robot box head. Okay. Basically, I took an old team tracksuit, hot glued some gold like fabric on top of it, mm-hmm. and then made that out of a uh, made the robot head out of a uh, Girl Scout cookie box. <laughs> Put some uh, bike lights from Canadian Tire in there. It was a huge hit. Well, now you're showing off. Nice. Give the microphone back to Mitch. Yeah, that's, that's enough, enough out of you, of you. producer yeah, Moss. <laughs> you're never coming on the podcast again. You're a podcast superstar. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's we nice. give you a cameo. You got to show off. Thanks a lot, Moss. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Well, uh, that's it uh, for the uh, podcast uh, episode number two of Ground Control from Helsinki, Finland. Like I said, it's going to be tough to follow. Uh, now our boss Tyler apparently wants us to do another podcast later this week, <laughs> so we can keep you up to date yeah, with what's going on here. Sorry, I make you work <laughs> here. We, you know, the company sends us over here. I thought we'd spend some time doing nothing, but the, don't apparently worry about it, Tyler. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. What? You have no he response no to that? Metal. I'm just shaking my head. Sorry, is that not audible? <laughs> This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.